welcome back to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild. I'm your host, Amy Tollifshrood from rebelnutrition.com, and I help new entrepreneurs scale their businesses and stop trading time for dollars by creating their own online courses. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And you guys, today's episode is so good. If you are somebody who uses Instagram, especially if you use Instagram as a business owner and you want to leverage it, you want to learn about the algorithm, this is going to be the episode for you. So in this episode, I am interviewing Manu Miraro, and she is the founder of Your Social Team, which is an Instagram training membership and online shop with templates and courses to help businesses spend less time and convert more clients using Instagram. This is such an in-depth conversation, you guys. Manu is such an expert on these topics. We talked about everything from the algorithm and if it's true that the algorithm might be hiding your posts. We talk about hashtags, how many to use, where to put them, which ones to use. We talk about why your engagement might be down on Instagram and what the causes of that might be, as well as how to get your post to reach more people. We talk about shadow banning and if it's a real thing, we talk about the fastest way to grow on Instagram and if it's even possible in 2020 to grow on Instagram and even some of Manu's best tips and tricks for using Instagram as an entrepreneur to make more sales. You guys, this is such a jam-packed episode. You definitely want to get something to take notes with before we dive in. I'm even using a lot of the tips she shared in my own business. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys. And also be sure to go check out Manu at Your Social Team on Instagram and YourSocialTeam.com. Now let's dive into my conversation with Manu. I am obsessed with your Instagram account. Um, <laughs> once I found out about you, I think from Caitlin, my copywriter, I you're like one of the only accounts that I actually have post notifications on for. So I'm really excited to talk to you all about Instagram because I know that you are an Instagram expert. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. That is so sweet. I'm actually a little secret. That's not going to sound too humble, but I'm actually obsessed about my accounts too. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody that's listening to this is definitely going to go check out your account afterwards because it's I just hope so. so beautiful and aesthetic. And we'll talk all about that, I'm sure, throughout the show. But this episode yes. is going to be a lot of Instagram myth busting because let me know if you agree with this, but I feel like there's a lot of fake news that gets spread about oh my the Instagram God. It, algorithm and we need to Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that you're bringing all this up. I have some pretty good examples that happened recently too that we can talk about. Do you want to just talk a little bit about how the algorithm works? Because something that I hear all the time is like, the algorithm hates me or it's hiding my posts or it's lowering my engagement. So can you talk about yes. how the algorithm works? And then we'll go from there. <laughs> yes. And I have so many points about that. And honestly, um, I'm not going to say like I have insider information about the algorithm. What I know is what's being published and what I have experience with. But that's also what everybody else knows. So anything outside of that can only be a rumor. So the algorithm has basically three criteria. And the algorithm only reorders your news feed. It does not hide posts. It doesn't do, you know, all those crazy things that all the rumors say it does. So it has three, three criteria. One is preference and one is recency and one is timeline, the timeness. I don't know how to say that. So I think it's just time. So basically the first one is interest. So interest is like what you care about. Like they show you more of what you care about. As simple as that. I mean, it's, there's nothing simple about it. This is machine learning and it's very complex. 
but it shows more of what you engage with and show interest in. The second one, relationship, is how well you know this other account you're engaging with. So if you've been tagged in the same post, so if you're always like communicating with each other, engaging with each other, like it shows the algorithm that you care about this account. So they're going to show those posts, you know, in higher priority to you. And then the third one, which is time, the time of posting, that also has um, a weight of the order of your feed. And basically, you know, if I post something five days ago and you missed it, but then you also missed my post from yesterday, taking that both posts are similar to, you know, that they're the same, let's say, you would see the most recent one first. The reason I say taking that they are the same is that let's say that I have a video post and you have engaged in the past more with video posts from five, you know, five days ago was a video post and you engage more of those. And then today was just a photo. So you would still see probably the five day old post first. Okay. That makes sense. So if somebody says so, like my, my engagement has dropped, Yes. What, do you, what do you usually think the cause of that is? So, yeah. So one thing that I like talking to people about, because people love talking about the algorithm. Everybody comes to me and they're like, the algorithm, how do I improve my algorithm? Um, how do I make it that the algorithm shows my posts? Like, I, I honestly challenge everybody to rephrase that and forget the algorithm and say, how do I get more of my audience to engage with my posts? Like forget the algorithm because we only know so much about the algorithm and we're here to please our audience, not to please the algorithm. You know, um, there was this rumor that is like, oh, if you edit your posts after you post them, the algorithm is going to punish you. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that. a reels. Of, yeah, I did a reels about that. And it's like, let's think with common sense. I know sometimes there's a lot to learn when we're all wrapped up and why our engagement is low and the algorithm and all the rumors, but let's use common sense for a minute. Instagram main goal is that people are super interested that they have high quality content on the platform. Why would they want a platform full of typos? Mm -hmm. That makes zero sense. So, and this whole also theory that no Instagram, when you turn into business and business accounts, and I focus on business, I'm sure you focus on business as well. Um, You know, when we're talking about business, everybody's like, no, Instagram wants to hide your post. So you have to pay for ads. Instagram does not care about hiding your posts. So like a little small business of a one girl business like yours or mine will put a little bit of money monthly. They make billions of dollars from huge advertisers. These are the ones they're focused on. We like our little money, you know, ad budget. It's nothing for them. So they would much rather keep people engaged and seeing posts that are really good than hiding all our good organic posts. So they maybe will make a little money if we decide to buy ads. That's a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I make really good points about the algorithm. But um, so going back to engagement, why is it dropping? It's super simple. And, you know, newsflash, completely unrelated with the algorithm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, 2016 is when the algorithm started. In 2016, Instagram had half a billion accounts on the platform or half a billion users. Around that time, there people were complaining that their posts are not getting seen, and then um, they implemented the algorithm because they did research saying that people were only seeing 30% of the posts from the people they follow. 
And this could be for two reasons, like either they're following too many people or they're not on the platform enough. You know, I would say that probably in 2016, a lot of people weren't on the platform enough. Uh, today, I would think it's more like people are following too many people. But anyway, um, they put the Instagram algorithm there. But let's just forget about the algorithm for a second. Think of 2016, half a billion followers. Uh, 2018, one billion followers they announced. So it doubled in two years, right? So they haven't announced the new numbers since, 2000, um, since 2018, when they announced the big one billion we doubled in the last two years. Again, I'm not a mathematician, but let's just say that if they double from 16 to 18, that they would probably have doubled again in the last two years because the growth is not, you know, it's exponential. So it will actually probably more than double. Like it will be even like not insane to say that maybe they, you know, quadrupled or whatever. But let's just be conservative and say that they doubled again from last when they announced a billion uh, users to today. So today would mean that they would have 2 billion users. And again, this is just me doing some sort of like calculation, but it's definitely not 1 billion like it was in 18. So if we think of like basic, you know, basic math, we should have today one fourth of the engagement that we had in 2016. Right? And that's simply just because there's so much competition now. It's harder. Yeah. You have and to basically create better content if you want to be seen. Oh, much better. And not just better, but different. So there's a couple of things too. Like, I don't want to say just like, oh, we have, you should have a fourth of the engagement we have in 16 because we don't see that. We're complaining about engagement, you know, rightfully so. It's really hard to get engagement. But um, we also get more than a fourth of the engagement we had in 16 for a couple of reasons. For those people, I started my account in 17, but some people that started in 16 or even earlier, or even the people that started later, we don't see a fourth of what you would have gotten in, eight, in 16 for a couple of reasons. Our accounts grew in three, four years or two years or one year. Like even if it grows slow, it still grows. And also as Instagram gets older, it just turned 10. <laughs> more people are spending more time on the platform as well. When maybe in 16, people are spending less hours on the platform per week or per month. Um, so that's why we don't see like the super simple, like a quarter of the engagement we saw back then. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool, yeah, because I mean, it's all like, I'm just using common sense. And then people are like, no, because the algorithm is highly, it's not the algorithm. There's 2 billion people there or something around then. Uh, and also, let's go back to the fact that back in, let's go back to 16, 17, 18, if you want. It was not that common to see people following a thousand accounts. People are following 200, 300 accounts back then. And today people are following a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. Sometimes people went on a little bit of a um, follow by follow spree, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe just have been in the platform for way too long and everybody they meet on the street or in an event, they just add everybody. So right. because of that, they don't see our posts on their scroll. It's not an algorithm. I mean, the algorithm reorders it. And, and here's the reason I feel super strongly about it because every time I see that, and I'm glad that you're like, you know, people spread all the fake news and <laughs> it's crazy. So I watched the social dilemma. If you haven't watched it, have you watched it before? Yes. Or no? Yes. Okay. So you, uh, I think it opens our eyes to a lot of things there. First of all, is that 
you know, the algorithm main goal is just to keep people hooked not to get people to buy ads or whatever. They just want people on the platform as long as possible. The social dilemma, and it's something that I'm sure that if you heard in the movie doesn't surprise anyone, says that fake news spreads six times faster than real news. Six times. And in a big election year, I think that's pretty appalling, right? So we, every time we share one of the posts from some blogger that we never heard of, or that has no, you know, I mean, I love bloggers. I'm not talking down bloggers at all, or a small business owner or whatever that just share stuff they heard about the algorithm and they do that post and they create that little graphics and like the algorithm is hiding your posts. And then literally you see thousands, like the posts go viral from an account that has like very little reach. And honestly, I did a post today about, um, you probably guys are hearing this a little further down the road, but I did a post today about uh, proving basically that the algorithm does not only show our post to 7% of our followers or 10%, which is a super common rumor, right? Um, basically, there, first of all, again, we know the algorithm is working to please people during their scroll. It's not working for our brand the same way. Like everybody who follows me will see my post in a different priority. So um, we keep thinking like, oh, my algorithm, my brand's algorithm. That doesn't even exist. They're like, it's like, you know, um, Jennifer's algorithm. It's so and so. It's all your followers, not you. So um, I did this post talking about that this was not true because I actually had really good uh, reach this week in some of my posts. So I actually shared the insights and did some calculations on my caption of my three posts that I had this week. And one, I got 40% of my followers. The second one, I got 33% of my followers. The other one, 24%. And this is reach. This is not who Instagram showed it to. Right? So reach is actually who saw your post. They may not have spent time on it, but they looked at it or it was in their scroll and they either scroll past it or they stopped and looked at it. So that's reach. Reach is not like Instagram sent it to them because honestly, there's no way some people talk about reach or, you know, Instagram showing it to their followers. Instagram is not like getting, you know, Susan out of the couch and be like, look at this post. Like they need <laughs> the user to actually be online. Yeah. You know? So, reach is very different than all your followers. Like you can never reach all your followers. To me, if I reach 40% of my followers and I did my calculations all correct and you guys can go look at that post or DM me if the post is not up there anymore by the time you listen to this and I can share with you. But I did my calculations perfectly. I removed everybody that saw the post that was not my follower and did my, you know, percentages. But if I reach 40% of my followers, think of all the people that follow me. Maybe when I started three years ago, that they don't even look in, at Instagram anymore. Like I have a lot of friends that they're not in the business and they don't look at Instagram at all. They all follow me. So there's no way I can reach them. Right. Like I cannot reach bot accounts that, you know, sometimes we all have bot followers, which is nothing we've done. It's just the way Instagram is. Um, there's no way we can always reach 100%. So to me, if I was reaching 40 with an account, it kind of proves that Instagram does show it to everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. So if somebody notices, yeah. let's say that their engagement is down, do you have any like tips and tricks around what people can do to yes. get more engagement on their posts? Yeah. So I, there's a, a big one. And the thing is about engagement is like, I, I, I'm a big like feed post girl. I love the feed and those posts. And that's, I would say it's like my soft spots to teach people that, but also the performance of your post um, is also dictated by the performance of the rest of your account. So if you stick to posts, you're not going to have that much going on. If you stick to posts and stories, you're not going to have that much going on. Um, so, you know, test reels, go live, try different things because it's just really hard to do the bare minimum and expect that your engagement is going to grow or be the same as it was before. The other thing is that I talk a lot about this and a lot of people have, um, you know, like restriction, like they're not super excited about making this change, but words in your images or, or videos matter. And you know this because you use my templates, right? On your feed <laughs> sometimes. And I love I seeing that. Um, people that are just sticking to photos the same way that, I mean, literally like two years ago, if you came to my classes, I would say, stick to photos, don't post, you know, graphics. Because what I was seeing is like business owners that didn't know how to make graphics would just make whatever graphic and like paint or something and post. And I'm like, well, you know, if we have the small, the, not a lot of resources, we should just stick to photos. And photos did better, you know, back then. But now people want more because there's so much content out there for them to choose for. And so you're not really standing out or giving people a reason to stop that scroll. And if they don't stop the scroll for you, there's, they're not going to read your captions. They're not going to buy your stuff. They're not going to buy your course or anything like that. So text is super important. It doesn't solve all the problems because what you say is what, you know, does the job, but having that important topic for your audience, like jump in their eyes, like when they're scrolling fast is key. Um, I cannot say that enough. And one thing I would recommend, and I'm big at that, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about my course today too, which this is exactly what I teach, is how to use your own data to know what performs for your audience and then improve on that type of content. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure that if you're giving your audience more of what they want, your engagement is as a result mm -hmm. going to increase. And I actually love what you said about using text in the images now, mm -hmm. because I know even a couple years ago, I was trying to, or even a couple months ago, I was trying to do only photos. And I just, for somebody who's a business owner and more like on the education side of things versus like trying to be a model, <laughs> I feel uh -huh. like this is way better because I'm always like, I was always struggling to just get photos of me and I felt awkward, but now I'm like every single post can really be educational. And those are the ones with text. And I love yeah. your templates. We're going to talk about those too a little later, but they definitely definitely help uh, my engagement or as somebody who's mm -hmm. a business owner go up. Yeah. So uh, with the, with the templates and I think that's the reason too. And, and I mean, again, like, I think it's a mix. I, I think I'm really big about having your face there, but you do a good job. You, you have your face there. I think reels help because we just have our face on reels, you know, and um, I basically like, I always share my reels to my feed. So then you just have enough of me basically. Mm -hmm. But then I always add a little bit of graphics or my face because I think when we're, the work we do is personal and people need to see who's behind it. They don't want to think that you're like a team of robots, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I do love the text because it makes such a difference. Like, I mean, the engagement is, is day and night, 
I think while you're saying that the, the templates help your engagement, like I'm a big Instagram insights girl. I've never been a numbers person or a geek in anything in my life. Uh, but I geek out on Instagram insights every time before I create content because all the answers are there and I know how to look at them separately. And this is kind of what I teach too, to look at them separately, depending on what your goal is. But the first goal is always stopping the scroll because if you don't stop the scroll, you can have people share, buy from you, you know, do anything because they're not going to read what you're saying. So the um, templates I created was like looking at my pictures or images and videos that I had with the most likes because I know that that stops the scroll. That means it stops the scroll. Definitely. Yeah. And I like how, I mean, I think there's a good way you said showing your face too. I mean, you can definitely mm -hmm. do a photo of you and text. I think that's like the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah. I think there's ways. And also like just um, big backing on that, like it's such a great thing that uh, it's good news for you guys. Like even those of you that are like, no, it's just like photos. It's my aesthetic, blah, blah, blah. Be open-minded. We think you're aesthetic. You can still have a beautiful fun feed or, or, pretty or, or professional, whatever the look you're going for, if you add posts to it. It's not one or the other. And also in a time that we're kind of restricted to where we can go, you know, and who we can see and where we can be, um, it's awesome that you can just sit in your computer and create all this content that before you had to go with photo shoots and hit like 10 spots in town. Absolutely. Yeah. You can also just cut yourself out and put your, put, mm -hmm. put your photo on a colorful background or something. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So a question that I had for you though, cause I like that you mentioned that you started your account in 2017 and then mm -hmm. you're, you're at like almost 50,000 followers because I think yes. a lot of, a lot of people think that you can't grow on Instagram anymore. So mm -hmm. if you had, if you could narrow, I'm sure there are a lot of things, but if you could narrow it down yeah. to like one or two things that you think helped you grow your account since 2017, what do you think those mm -hmm. would be? Well, so if I can narrow, like if I had to choose one thing, it's collaborations, both like influencer marketing and um, collaborations with people. Like I did a few things with Teachable, which the course creators in the group here would know. Um, not that I did with them, but I would know Teachable probably. Um, I collaborated with so many people. I've done, you know, I'm doing a podcast with you right now. I collaborated with so many people on Instagram Lives um you know spoken events did my own events i guess those are not so much collaboration but in the beginning i grew locally a lot by doing events um and classes and things like that but i would have to say that it's to grow you can't just sit down i think a lot of people expect of like okay i'm gonna create all these cute posts i'm gonna put all the hashtags and i'm gonna wait for people to follow that that's that's 2016 thinking so that doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. Like hashtags are, people are the ones creating or curating those hashtags, but people can create whatever, like put a dark selfie in any hashtag they want. So when you go to hashtags, they're not as curated as they once were. So they lose their relevance a little bit. And I still see a lot of people get a lot out of hashtags. If they are not doing anything else, they get a big percentage of the hashtag. But the total numbers of people they're reaching is small. It's just that you do a post, all you do is a hashtag, you don't connect with anyone, you just sit there, do your post. Of course, you're going to see a big percentage of reach out of your hashtags because it's a percentage. You're not reaching too many people. Uh, for me that I do a lot of collaborations, I do a lot of things, um, the hashtags get at the most 10% reach. 
so, are, are 10% of my, yeah. Of my. Okay. I, I want to talk more about hashtags, but first I want to circle back to collaborations because I mm-hmm. love that you said that. That's something that I talk about all the time, but I think what mm-hmm. comes up for people, especially that have smaller audiences is they wonder like, how, how can I collaborate with somebody? How can I offer, how can I make it like a mutually beneficial collaboration when I have a mm-hmm. small audience? So do you have any tips for people who want yeah. to use collaborations? So there's many ways to do that and you shouldn't do one or the other. You should do all of them. Um, Collaborations, like you said, they're mutual, but they should be mutual beneficial um, either in reach or whatever, but also money. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to do a live with someone that has a big audience and you have a small audience, pay them if they do that kind of, you know, collaboration, if they, they do that kind of business. Um, I've paid a lot of influencers to do stuff with me. Like my first thing that I did, cause I actually, I'm also a course creator, but I actually started by teaching in person. Um, and my, the, as soon as I, I had a corporate career behind me. So as soon as I started my own business, I started in April and on April 7, I had, I was already freelancing a little bit in social. And then on April 7, I decided to do this, um, Oh, sorry. April 7, I did first class by myself. But then in May, I actually reached out to this influencer in town that I knew and I liked her. And I said, hey, do you want to teach an event with me? We teach people about Instagram and social media. Um, I pay you for your time of teaching and that would include posting about it with the link for people to sign up. And to this day, I never made as much money as in an event as I did last, that time. That time, it was awesome because also like no one was doing those events. So like now they're everywhere, they're live, they're, you know, but at least here, no one was doing like well put out events like that. Um, but I paid her a great price. And the other thing is that if she didn't sell, I was buying all the risk, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and she's someone that I collaborate with all the time right now. She just taught a class in my members group. I'm actually her go-to person for Instagram things and she's an agency owner. So your collaborations, if they're done well, they're going to be long-term, you know, which is great. to take a quick break from this show to tell you guys about our guest from this podcast, Manu's amazing Instagram engagement course. So her course is called Organic Engagement Pro, and it's all about growing your Instagram engagement and driving sales with the help of something she calls super posts. So super posts are posts that you create intentionally and strategically with the help of your own Instagram analytics that will help you beat the algorithm and be your highest performing posts ever. So the Organic Engagement Pro course is for you if you're currently just not happy with your Instagram engagement right now, you feel like the algorithm hates you, you are tired of not having control over the content that you create and you wanna be more efficient with your posting, 
you are maybe spending a lot of time on Instagram and not seeing any results in terms of leads or email list growth or clients or students, and you're ready to put in the work and apply these strategies to your own Instagram account. I'm so excited to share this course with you guys because you are going to learn all the different ways to measure your own engagement of your Instagram account so that you have the tools that you need in order to create your own super post strategy that's really authentic to your account and your business, you're gonna learn the most up-to-date strategies and what's working now in terms of the Instagram algorithm so that you can best grow your engagement. You're also going to learn how to strategically engage with your followers and other accounts, kind of like we talked about in this episode, in order to get the best return on your Instagram investment. And you guys, when you enroll, you get lifetime access to the course, as well as access to Manu inside her Your Social Team Facebook group if you have questions. I am so excited to be able to share this course with you guys because I know so many of you love Instagram, but you kind of hate it at the same time because it's not really working for you. So don't let that happen any longer. To get the course, you can head over to rebelnutrition.com slash organic engagement pro. Again, that is rebelnutrition.com slash organic engagement pro. And you just might get a little extra bonus for those of you who came from the Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild podcast. Okay, now back to the show. But I think what people do wrong is that they reach out to people and maybe you just started your business and you have like 200 followers, nothing against having 200 followers and it's totally normal. But you reach out to that person, you think of collaborating with someone and reach out to someone that has like this huge reach. And they were, the thing is, the people who have a big audience or something most likely worked really hard to have that audience unless they bought it, you know, they worked really hard for it. So it's not like, oh, I mean, they, they already paid from their own pockets to build that audience. So it's, it's only fair that they monetize it, you know? So, and that's called influencer marketing. Even influencer marketing doesn't mean you need to be like a fashion blogger. It can be anyone. It could be like your social team. I don't do it because of the way my business is structured. But if you want to do that you can pay people like and and they can tell you how much they charge i don't think i think the other thing people do with influencers is like hey i'll give you this much money and do this for me and that's just not the way to do business mm-hmm. um so i think that's important to think of as you said with mutual beneficial collaborations it's like this is what you get this is what i get where do we meet in the middle whether that's cash or that's um something else maybe like someone has a huge Instagram audience and the other person has a really small one, but the person with the big Instagram audience doesn't have a mailing list. And the other person has a pretty nice mailing list from your, you know, that still has like good reach. And that could be a way to collaborate with someone. But also when you have 200 followers and I'm just picking any number and you want to collaborate with someone, if you collaborate with someone else with 20, 200 followers together, you have 400. So I think it's more about the quality of what you offer, because also like if you just get someone that has 50,000, but it's not really a good fit for your audience and you're just kind of random, it's not really helping you. And I think that's something about collaborations. It's not like the size of the audience. It's like, who are those people? Are they engaged? What they're going to do for you? Do they need what you provide? And I think that's super important to think of. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Cause if you have 200 followers, but you have a super niche account and you find another account that's small mm -hmm. and super niche yeah. and perfect for whatever your, your paid offer is. I mean, that could be amazing. And especially yeah. if you, if you don't have a budget, let's say to do influencer marketing yet, I think finding other accounts that are maybe a similar size as you, um, yeah. cause that can really offer something that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Or even like, I don't think also that it's really bad to like reach out to people. I just think it's how you do it. And also like, it shouldn't be just because of numbers. Like I've done, um, lives with people and I was just starting my business and they had a nice audience, but they still wanted me to do it because, um, what I brought the expertise I brought to the table because I didn't have my business, but I was working on, on strategy and all that kind of stuff for years before. So I think it's also like, it's not, you know, just like thinking of it has to be the exact same number of followers, but it shouldn't also be like, okay, I have zero and this person has 300,000. So I'm going to ask them. So I grow my business. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more thinking like what together you bring to the table. Totally. And I think also just being genuine and only asking people to collaborate that you genuinely like the content that they share, mm -hmm. like not, yeah. not just looking at their number of followers, but people that you For actually sure. follow. Like, like I reached out to you because I was like, Oh my gosh, you post the best stuff. And I actually Thank turn you. on my, my post notifications, which I don't do for many accounts. That is so sweet. And Thank you. Um, so yes, definitely mutually beneficial, but let's, let's also talk about hashtags. Cause I know we touched on that a bit yes. before, but so do you still think they're beneficial to use? And if so, yeah. how many, where should we put them and which ones should we look for? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, which one is a little harder because each of us are in a different, um, you know, like niche, but, um, definitely worth using hashtags. I mean, we're talking about how engagement is um challenging right now so if i use a hashtag that is like hashtag social media manager and i get one person that sees that and she's a social media manager she happens to follow that account she sees this tip that i share and she's like that's amazing looking to my account join my membership that's a super high touch you know like that's super uh fruitful even though i'm reaching maybe one person so and even still, like I told you, sometimes I use hashtags and I get 10% more views on my posts. Um, I usually don't get a lot more than that, but some people get a lot more than that, especially if they're not doing more stuff. So definitely worth using hashtags. We're not in a time and place that we're like, oh, I, you know, I can do without this extra engagement. I don't think anyone thinks that. Um, you also have a chance to reach people in your niche. Uh, I don't know. Someone said to me one time, they commented on one of my posts and said, oh, I love how you still use hashtags without guilt or something like that. And they're trying to be nice and they're making a compliment. But I think some people just think like, oh, if you're cool, you don't need to use hashtags because people find you anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I think every single account should use hashtags, even if it's like a 5% more people especially if you have a huge account, that's a lot of people, you know? So um, definitely continue to use them. Use 30 or close enough to 30. You don't need to be counting them every time. I recommend either buying some lists. Some people sell lists um, or just create your own lists. But, and even if you buy lists, I would definitely add them to, to your business. Um, like always add, always add the name of your business. Like that's your hashtag because 
a lot of people start a business and they're like, our hashtag is going to be X, but the name of your business is, you know, Z. And people don't associate that with their, your business. If they're going to post about your business. They will come up with the hashtag that is exactly the name of your business. So I think that's important. So always add your own hashtag. So you start having, you know, another place on Instagram where people can go to see posts about you. Um, and then also make sure that specific audience that is in your um, target audience, like is their hashtags are there, like online course creators for you or, you know, um, tools like Teachable or something like that. And um, just added that into kind of like the niche hashtag list that you have and just have a couple of them. If you are posting about something specific that is not inside of those hashtags lists, make sure you add it a little bit so you don't miss people for that. But I would not put much time into hashtags. Okay. I would create some lists and just add them. Like if you use like Planoly or later or something to schedule your posts, which I highly recommend, they have a place where you can have all your hashtags that they're one click away to add it to a post. And do you recommend putting them in the caption? I do. So um, I know that even those, those um, later or plenty, they allow you to put in the first comment. The reason I like putting in the caption is because I, Instagram changes super fast. And those apps are partner apps of Instagram. But once Instagram changes, they have to react. It's not like they can change they work together hand in hand that they change everything at once, you know? So once it, it, Instagram changes how it works, it affects all this app. So, which is why you'd see that they have the same, you know, capabilities is because that's all Instagram allows them to do. Um, I've had before that I added the hashtags to my first post and they weren't added when I posted because something happened. Um, or if there's a delay, you don't get as much reach. And also, I think it's just easier. You just write your whole caption there and that's it. Same button, you know. Um, definitely recommend separating the list of hashtags from your caption. So you could use dots. You could use just like lots of line breaks. But highly recommend that so it doesn't look cluttered. And people are not putting a lot of time into sitting there and reading your captions. They want it to be super easy. So when they look at it and it's like visually organized, that's a lot better. And I think I heard you say somewhere too, correct me if I'm wrong, that you, mm -hmm. you, you use like the same set of hashtags on all of oh, your yeah. posts. Oh yeah. I mean, so you don't I have to like all, but yeah, no, I use, I actually, I have maybe like four, five or six or something that I have um, um, saved. And um, I use the first, the same two all the time. And that's another right rumor is if you use the same hashtags, you're going to get banned or Instagram is <laughs> going to punish you. I honestly think Instagram is like have better things to do, like counting money <laughs> than like just wondering how they're going to punish like this one girl that has a tiny business, you know, <laughs> so. 100%. Well, okay. So that's, that leads me into a question that I think a lot of people have that is, yes. is shadow banning a thing? It's not a thing. So was it ever a thing or was that just Never. fake news? <laughs> was fake news. Never was a thing. Um, four women that worked at Instagram, I don't remember all their names right now. They went on South by Southwest two years ago and they're like, Shadow Band does not exist. That's not a thing. And I swear to you, everybody that comes to me and they DM me and are even like my members and they're like, I've been Shadow Band. I know it's for sure. I put this hashtag and then I look at the hashtag. It's not there. And then you're like, oh, when did you add that hashtag to your post? You know, and they're like, oh, 30 minutes later. And the hashtag is like New York. <laughs> so it's like, there's no way you can see yourself. Like you have to add it at the same time. 
So it's always something, or people are like, I literally got zero engagement. And I just heard someone that has like, oh, like social media business saying that. And they're like appalled that they got like zero engagement on that post. It wasn't zero, but it was so close to zero. They're like, I'm sure something happened. We got shadow banned. Honestly, like Instagram was having issues that day. So that could have affected them. But also their post was really not great. It was something that I would even say that some of, I, I think some posts are worth having, but we need to understand they're not going to be our top performers. We can't compare like a post that is like super cool visually or people can see from the scroll. Like when I do my quotes that are like very spot on with the concerns my audience has and they're easy to see and big. Um, I cannot compare those with maybe me putting like a testimonial from a client, you know, mm-hmm. our testimonial from a client's important to have. Absolutely. Can they be visually appealing? Absolutely. They're never going to be your top performers. Unless you do business like with Oprah and she's giving it. <laughs> well, that's a really good point too, because I, I think anything that's not necessarily shareable, I mean, a testimonial is great, but you're mm-hmm. probably, no one else is really going to probably share that. Yeah. <laughs> so the chance that it reaches people that way is probably a lot lower too, right? Yeah. And even your audience, like someone sees like a quote from someone or a testimonial, they're like, oh, cute. And go, you know, if they love you, they'll put a, a like, but they're not going to go read your captions and and all that. So I think it's super important to, to have because, you know, we're again talking about course creators here. I also like promote my courses on Instagram. So let's say that a person already saw your three posts about that course. They're still like not totally on board, not made the decision yet. They see that one testimonial, that person's like, okay, I'm buying it. Is that better or the last hundred likes that you didn't get? You know what I mean? So there are things that are super important. And even like for people to get referrals and they come to your account, like social proof is really important, but we don't need it to be like, why did that, you know, perform? Yeah. I have a couple other questions before we get into talking about your um, Instagram course, which I'm so excited to tell people about. But I know a lot of people listening to this, um, they are business owners too. So what are your top tips for anybody who's using Instagram as a business owner to like leverage their account to make more sales? Do you have any cool hacks that you can tell us? (laughs) Yes. So I have one cool hack um, that is going to be super um, useful for course creators and that I use every time. I mean, there's a few things. First of all, we know, like we're course creators, we know what goes into like our sales emails, right? We have that sequence, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go to Instagram, we do one post and we call it a day. And then the next day we just do like, hey, support your girl gang again. <laughs> you know? So um, it works the same way. It's still the same audience. They still need to see that message several times to decide to buy something for you from you and the thing is people are like oh i can't repeat that message or i can't you know put another message about my course because they're already seeing that but then at the same time they're like i get zero engagement (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we need to be okay with the fact that we need to sell our stuff i just think we can do it in an interesting way we don't need to do a boring post to sell obviously um i don't like those campaigns that they all look the same it's all the same convo templates you know and um, that they look like similar. They all have the same like beige background and the little words on the side and the computer screen. Like people get tired of that. Um, that could be, so that's actually a good example of something that would not perform too well, but it's important to have one. Uh, 
because they don't want people to look at it and be like, oh, of course, from Amy, I love it, Amy, you know? So be comfortable selling on Instagram. Instagram, people who say Instagram is for awareness is because they cannot, they don't know how to sell on Instagram. It's not because they are, they have the strategy. Like Instagram is for sales. I do half my sales of my whole business on Instagram. The other half by email, which my email list was all generated from Instagram. So there's definitely ways to sell on Instagram, but we have to be comfortable and okay with it. So I'll just let you just, don't pay attention when people talk about being salesy. We're businesses. If you're not being salesy, we're doing something wrong. So I'm really big on that. Like be okay with selling on Instagram. If you trust your product, you trust that you're not going to be, you don't need to be coy. Like you're actually helping your audience by promoting this to them. So that's one thing. But one little super specific tip that I can give people is that I always talk about this too. And even, even for me or for you, Amy, like we have big accounts, right? Um, if we just post and call it a day, we're not really going to reach people or make a bunch of sales. So I think people sometimes forget, and especially when they have a small audience, even more true, like it's a numbers game. We sell like what, less than 1% of our followers will buy something that we talk about, right? So if you have a hundred, it's even harder for you to make any money with, off of it or, or a thousand or something. But that's to say that I think people get too comfortable with the fact that we have these public platforms and they create our posts and we create our emails and then we call it a day and wait for sales. Um, we need to get in front of people one-on-one. So you can email people one-on-one that you knew that talked to you about like wanting to do more of what you're offering. Um, I keep a spreadsheet of like hot leads sometimes that they're just people that DM me and they're like, do you have a class about this? And just, I just keep a spreadsheet and I'm like, this is their handle. I can DM them if I have that later, you know? And I kind of separate by topics. Um, but if you don't want to do that, um, you can, one thing that I recommend is like, especially if you have a, a little bigger of an audience on Instagram, you go to your stories and put a poll in there, like during your sales campaign or sequence. Um, and you do a poll and that poll, I wouldn't say like, do you want to hear more about my course, Organic Engagement Pro? That's not what I would ask. I would ask, are you having challenges when it comes to get engagement on Instagram? And, you know, people will be like, yeah. So all those people that were saying, yeah, I need to get better at engagement. Do you want to learn about this or that? Those are the people that when you get the answers, go to the answer that you want in the bottom. And there's a quick little button that you can DM them one at a time. But what I would do is usually I do that towards the end of my sales sequence. So people heard about it a couple of times, hopefully, and send them a voice message. And I say, hey, I actually have this and that. Um, do you want to hear more about it? Here's the link. Let me know if you have any questions. It's good because this and that for what you're looking for. It's so much easier when you get one-on-one with people because a lot of people may see our post or may see our email and not think they can reply and they think maybe that no one answers or that goes to like a info type of email address. So when you are one-on-one -on -one with them, they know they can ask things and those questions may be just the decision-making process they need. And I think just showing that you care is just such mm -hmm. a huge thing, especially oh, yeah. when you do have a big audience and people can see that you're taking the time to actually reach out to them personally and not just send them like an automated <laughs> message. Yeah. I think that's so, so meaningful. And this is outside of Instagram a little bit too, but it's the same principle what I do with DMs with people. Um, when I'm selling my course and I see that people like clicked on it like two times, but they haven't bought it or 
clicked on it three times or whatever, I literally send a little video email to those people. Um, just saying that I'm here if they have any questions and I use a, uh, something called bomb bomb. Um, if you know, Caitlin, you probably know bomb bomb because <laughs> she uses this too, but it's a really cool tool where you can just send a little video right into the email. And I've done that before to also welcome people into the membership. I do it every time I have a new member, I send them one and people love it because they're like, this is super personable. And I send mine is not even like, you know, rehearsed or anything or, or written. I'm just like, Hey, Amy, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, there's a truck. Sorry. You know, like, <laughs> and people just love that because they get to know you and they know that you're there. You're a person that they can count on you. And that makes a huge difference. So I think just going on the one-on-one and not underestimating the power of like a little voice message or a message is super important. So good. I feel like you gave us so many good tips in this episode. I'm so excited to share it with people, but can you tell us a little bit more about first your Instagram engagement course, and then also your super post Instagram templates, which I personally use and I'm obsessed with. (laughs) Okay. So they totally go hand in hand, by the way. So I created this course because I realized people are creating content blindly on Instagram. And they're having a really hard time to do engagement or or to to grow their engagement. And that's something that I've always been very strong in. But I started putting on paper like everything I did or on Teachable. And I created this course called Organic Engagement Pro. And what Organic Engagement Pro teaches you is my like signature strategy called super posts, which you know because you have the templates. And basically super posts is using your own data to know what people respond to the most, but actually combining the data from different parts of it. So you get the visuals that perform the best with the topics that perform the best and, you know, and just combine them and just, and, or be testing new ways to, to, to get this bigger engagement. So, um, Honestly, it was kind of funny because when I created that course, this course, I actually just re-recorded the whole thing a couple months ago, but I originally created the course like at the end of last year and it took me two months to create the course because I was doing other things. And during those two months, I realized that my own engagement had grown 19.2%. And wow. I was already like using all that. So, and so talking more about the course, it's simple. It's not going to be super long. It's... I. Obviously, I think it's super valuable. Once you finish the course, you can sit and create super posts. Unless your account is super new or you really don't have um, analytics, you need to have analytics. Um, but if, even if you don't, you learn a lot of best practices because it has like four modules and the first um, two modules are like all about like best practices because even if you get your highest engaging post and you're trying to like kind of replicate that formula you may have forgot some best practices on that post that when you add that you get even better results so so even if you don't have a bunch of data you can still take the course because it teaches you all the you know where to start and um honestly just like how to sit and intentionally creating posts that you know are going to perform for what you need so um, I started using that and I also, there's also like a, a, a rhythm to this and everything because you can't do a super post every day because then people get tired of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like I use, but again, like I'm know a lot about Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time, blah, blah, blah. But I have a lot of different types of super posts that I use and I try to use them like 
every other post or, or every three posts. But I think for people that are still kind of figure out what their super posts are, I think if you use it once every four or five posts. The cool thing though, which is how now is actually how the algorithm works, is that if you're getting these super posts that you're, more of your audience is prone to engage with, the algorithm is gonna show all your posts more in higher priority to this audience because they're engaging with your posts more often. So I feel that when you have super posts, it helps your content overall, not just the super posts. So where can people go to get the course and learn more about you, pimp yourself out, tell people Thank where they can you. go? Thank <laughs> you. I'll pimp you guys. <laughs> um, everything is at yoursocial.team is my um, email, is my um, website. But I do have on my highlights, the course is actually like one of the last highlights right now because I'm focusing more on membership right now. But um, I highly recommend this course. It seriously, it's really good. There's no fluff. It's not going to take more of your time than you need to. But so many people take this course and right after they sit and they know exactly what to create for their next post and they get a super post right away. So um, as much as I love the idea of people just doing their own thing and everything looks different and unique, it's not a reality that people have this kind of time and that they have all the skills that are necessary, like, you know, because people come from different sets of skills. So I created these templates, the ones that you have, I absolutely love them. They're so fun. I created them based on my content that performed the best when it came to stopping the scroll. So I feel like the people that are using it are seeing better results because it's already based on data, even though it's not their own data, but this is just like a tendency on, what people look at on Instagram. Um, I love the, the little GIFs without backgrounds that are animated. They're, they add video to your posts, which if you weren't adding before, you would know that you get more engagement that way as well. And then I have another set, which only works for people who are targeting women, especially women entrepreneurs or side hustlers, but it has to be women that have an interest in their business. And they're just quotes. And they're freaking simple and they're Canva. And if you're a beginner on Canva, definitely recommend you start with the quotes because it's literally a quote, a background color, and a little place for you to write your handle. So easy and probably saves people so, so much easy. time. I think yeah. it's totally worth it to outsource if you are not a design savvy oh, person. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And Canva make it easy that you can have. And also like once you have these posts, I mean, it just makes it so much easier to create content. It also guides you of what to talk about on your posts. I think you may have noticed that because I, I like putting a little prompt in the text, you know, in, yeah. the, in, the, cam in the templates. So they're both really good. Um, again, like if you're more of a beginner and you have more of a hard time, like knowing what to say and you're focusing on women entrepreneur, totally recommend the quotes one. It's 50 quotes, but the other one is 100 templates. The one you have is 100 templates. And you can talk about anything you want on them. Amazing. And you guys, I will also link to all of her resources in the show notes. So definitely go check those out after you are done listening to this episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Manu, thank you so much for being here. Go follow her at your social team. And if you liked this episode, if it was helpful for you, please screenshot it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag both of us. I'm at Ravel Nutrition. And again, Manu is at your social team. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much, Amy. This was so fun to finally talk. Like I could talk about that stuff forever. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm like, I'm definitely going to have to have you on like every couple months to give us all Let's of the do updates. It. <laughs> hey, just say the word. Okay. Sounds Thank good. You. Thank you. Bye. 